another episode of crystal myth with myself leslie anderson and me mark dornan hi hi so this week as we discussed on our last podcast we are going to talk about a couple of weird entities one of which is a fairly modern phenomena and the other i am not really sure about at all so yeah um, this week we're both looking at things that the other person doesn't really know about which should be fun like, I don't know anything about what you're looking at. I didn't know it was a modern phenomenon until you said that there. Yeah, it's a bit like sort of Slenderman type thing that, that's emerged off the internet on the basis of someone's story. But they're called black-eyed kids or black-eyed children. And Mark, what's your thing? Uh, I'm going to be looking at faceless women, which I feel like is... A lot of the stories have been linked to urban myths sort of, or thought of as an urban myth. But it is def- it's pre-internet, it's older. And it's a very sort of specifically Asian cultural myth. It's um, there's like several different. Oh yeah, I get what you mean. Asian people historically that have different names for it, but it's a similar story. It's the idea of yeah, women without faces. I have actually heard of that phenomenon in Japan about the ghosts. They they have no faces, and usually they have like quite long black hair, but they don't have a face at all. Or there's or there, I've seen like pictures of supposed Japanese children. Uh, that are ghosts and they have no face. Yeah. So I don't know whether I'm, I believe in it, but you have, I think, first-hand experience yourself of these things, if that's I what do. you can call them. So I'll be really intrigued to hear that later on. I'm going to start off with Black Eyed Kid. So imagine yourself, like you live alone, don't you, Mark? I do. Okay. So imagine you're just sitting in the living room one day and you've just had a hard work to, you know, teaching and things, you get back, you sit down, have a cup of tea or whatever you do, and then it's quite late at night and there's a knock at your door. What would you normally, how would you react? And, would you ignore it? No, I'd go and answer it. Right, and do you have a peephole or anything or do you just um, answer the door, like open the door immediately to see no, who's there? No, I have a safety chain on my door, but I don't use the safety chain. I always just open the door wide. My my mum, who you know well, has given me trouble many times for doing this, including when her, my dad, and my brother were all visiting, which I feel minimises my likelihood of being abducted. But um, yeah, no, I just open the door wide, see what was going on. So you get to the door and you open the door wide, and what you see is a couple of children, and they look at first like quite normal, and they're usually aged between like eight and sixteen, mm-hmm. and they wear like sort of modern clothes it looks like but there's something off about them so they kind of look like they're wearing clothes that don't really fit or don't really look right for the time um they wear like they can wear like hoodies and things like that but there's just something not quite right about it so these kids so how would you react if there's two kids at your doorstep um 
Well, the, the feel there's two different. So if there's two kids at the doorstep, I'd probably be like, oh, no, how can I help you? But as you know, things that are almost right but not quite right really freak me out. And I'm a big fan of fashion. So, yeah, we are wearing slightly off garments, especially if they were both wearing slightly off garments. I feel like that would freak me out slightly. And what they do is um, they say, oh, hi, mister. Um, can you let us in, please? My brother here needs the toilet. Can you let us in so he can use the toilet? Or they'll say, we're out here, we're a bit lost. Can we come in and use your phone? Would you let them? Uh, I don't know. The phone one, I'd be like, well, you don't need to come in because I've got a mobile phone, so it's cool. Would you want me to phone? That's uh, interesting. It's this... interesting you should say that. That's... <laughs> so these kids, they, um, they often, you can't see their faces immediately. They'll look down. Um, you can't see their eyes. And they have to be invited in, which is weird because it's sort of like a vampire thing. Like They won't come in. They won't barge their way in or force their way in. So they have to get your permission to let them in. So they will say anything to try and persuade you. So they'll start off with a poor me or I'm lost, can you help me? Appealing to your good Samaritan sort of side or your maternal or paternal side to try and get them into your house. But then if you say, oh, well, no, I'll I'll get a phone. You, I mean, if you've not got a mobile phone or if you've got your parents' number and I'll phone them for you, they'll come up with some excuse about why they can't do that and still insist on coming in your house. I mean, I feel like it's age dependent as well, because if you said that they could be what, like look about eight to 16, like- And they often have show up in pairs. Yeah, I feel like if two 16 year olds, I don't know, are asking to come into my house, they are not just in my worry, they're 100% there to rob you. <laughs> like, where they not about creatures of darkness? Just like if two actual 16 year olds were like, can we come into your house? My brother needs to use your toilet. And like, you're just here to rob me. So I'd be very reluctant to let them in. And often when you encounter these kids, that people say that they have a feeling of absolute dread and a sense of evil, especially when they notice that when they look at these kids' eyes, there's nothing there. It's just black completely. There's no pupil, no iris. And it's just a complete black hole. So, so would you shut the door in their face? Like they have no eyes or like... No eyes. Like they've had like a black circle painted where their eyes should be. Well, I don't know because I've never seen one of them, but the description is that their eyes are pure black from lid to lid. Dead black orbs devoid of seclera. What's that? You're a biologist. Seclera or iris will chill up your spine. <laughs> so, yeah, they're either like, you know how if you can get like contact lenses that make yeah. your eyes look completely blacked out? Sort of like that. So I guess you could probably get some kids that might they might know about the phenomena and put those. I don't know why a six year old would do this, but put <laughs> the contact lenses in, knock on your door, and pretend to be black eyed kids to get in your house. But like, what is the part that people think? Well, what what happens if you do invite them in? Yeah, like are there stories of people inviting them in? Yes. So where it started was the this whole thing started in 1998 and it was started by a guy who lived in texas in the city of abilene i don't know if i'm pronouncing that right but forgive me if i haven't um so the story is this guy was called what my cousin's wee girl is called adeline so you are pronouncing that correctly oh brilliant okay well it's abilene sorry oh, well, <laughs> so that this guy... correctly or not <laughs> whatever it doesn't matter 
So there was a guy called Brian Bethel, and he was one of the first people to document having met black-eyed children in real life. He published a transcription of the event on his blog back in 1998. So it's fairly recently. I mean, I didn't hear about this until I started listening to paranormal podcasts myself, and people would come in and, well, people would phone up this guy, and he would ask them to tell their paranormal stories and people would talk about encountering these black eyed kids so I wonder if they'd heard that themselves prior to 1998 or it was just after this guy published this and it spread about you know on the internet like things do so he said this is his story so he said it was around 9 30 p.m on January 16th 1998 he left his apartment in Abilene, Texas for a Dropbox to pay his internet bill on the way he stopped at the dollar movie theater next to his service provider's building to use the glow of the marquee as a light to check out to make out his check as he did this there was a knock on the window and he saw two young boys he placed them between 10 and 14 years old he described the boys as so boy number one was slightly taller than his companion wearing a pullover hooded shirt with a sort of gray checked pattern in jeans and this comes up a lot because these kids generally wear these type of clothes, like usually check shirts and things. It makes me imagine them as like little lumberjacks. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> I just do. He said, I couldn't see his shoes. His skin was olive colored and had curly medium length brown hair. He exuded an air of quiet confidence. Boy number two had pale skin with a trace of freckles. His primary characteristic seemed to be looking around nervously he was dressed in a similar manner to his companion but his pullover was a light green color his hair was a sort of pale orange they didn't appear to be related at least directly so we said almost immediately he knew something was up and felt a sense of fear the first boy began to tell Bethel that they need his help they wanted to see the new Mortal Kombat movie but forgot their money. Instead of asking for the money itself, the boy asked for a lift to their house to retrieve it. Our narrator is nervous and hesitant as the first boy continued to try to coax him saying things like, come on, mister, we just want to go to our house and we're just two little boys. And come on, <laughs> mister. <laughs> that's really creepy. I feel like you're somebody thinking what they are to you. You're like, um, yeah, are, I mean, are you? If you're going to say things like that, we're just two little boys, you're going to think, well, what, what am I supposed to think you are? What, what <laughs> you're actually are boys. you then? We're not evil spirits, if that's what you're worried about. We're not weirdos. <laughs> <laughs> and come on, mister, let us in. We can't get in your car until you do, you know. Just let us in and we'll be gone before you know it. We'll go to our mother's house. Brian Bethel found himself unlocking the door without realising and as if instructed by the child to do so after catching his hands he looks back at the kids with a fresh perspective that's when he realized that the kids eyes were solid black no iris and no pupil all the stories so that that's basically it he doesn't really say anything oh no there's more so he said that once you realize that their eyes are black that's when things start to get a bit more weird and dangerous so the second boy continued to stand there completely silent while the first boy threatens him saying we won't hurt you you have to let us in we don't have a gun (laughs) (laughs) i would be like immediately out there as soon as they said that according to bethel the boy was implying that they didn't need guns 
He started pulling at the door and demanding to be let in. With the courage he managed to find, Bethel pushed his car into reverse and sped home, leaving the boys where he found them. So what are your thoughts on that? I have lots of thoughts. I quite like, just to, to finish it off, that even if they, like the end of it, even if they were monsters beings, I like that in his head he's like, I had the, the courage to drive away from these monster <laughs> children. Like, well, it seemed like they couldn't get in the car anyway, so don't know how courageous you were. Yeah, it's almost a bit weird, isn't it? Like, even if they were just actual normal human children that happened to have really big pupils, the whole rest of it, the way they were acting, the way they were dressed, it's all really weird. I like the idea, though, that um, they were going to go and see the new Mortal Kombat film. I'd like to think that that's true. And, like, once they'd killed him, they were still going to go and see the new Mortal Kombat film. <laughs> I don't know. I went to see the Mortal Kombat film back in the day. It was, I, was, I rather enjoyed it. And then me and my sister was watch it over and over on VHS until it until it faded. It was like it. Yeah, it's one of those films that's like so trashy and rubbish that it's yeah. good. So I can understand why these possible interdimensional monster children would, would want to go and see it. <laughs> but that's the only story that he has. But he put it on his blog and it sort of took off from there. And then he said that later on in his blog that the next one to encounter the kids was his friend John, who happened to be a pagan rights coordinator what 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 what's pagan rights <laughs> pagan rights coordinator confuses me i mean i would guess pagan rights is somebody who campaigns for people who are pagan to have the same rights as i was gonna say other religious groups white christians oh, um, they have most of the rights but what's a pagan rights coordinator <laughs> he organizes all the meetings and and the protests for the pagan rights, the rights of pagans, maybe? Sort of administrator. But does he actually believe in it, or is he like a Colin Robinson type that's just there to suck everyone's energy? So (laughs) he said, he asked John during an internet chat whether if they really believe in ghosts or kids with funny eyes, and then he launches into his own anecdote with a group of black-eyed kids. I don't know what that that anecdote is, but there's another famous story of um, a couple who answered the door and they lived in um like a it was a wintry night so it was really like heavy snow outside it was freezing and they answered the door to these kids and they weren't wearing any like wintry clothes they were just wearing like the usual short shorts but maybe a hooded top or a cardigan or something like that and this time it was a girl like who looked about the age of maybe 14 and then she was with a boy who looked about say 10 or 9 9 or 10 and she was like well, these kids are outside. I'm going to have to let them in because they'll freeze to death out there. So obviously she wants to help them out. So this is a case where they actually did let these kids inside. And supposedly, so what happened was they let them in and the kids said, well, my brother needs to go to the toilets. She's like, okay then. So he immediately just ran up the stairs and seemed to know where he was going. So she was like, it's on the right shouted up at him but it was like he was just ignoring that because he just straight away went up the stairs and it like he knew exactly where the toilet was and then the girl went in and she um picked up the phone and well she said that they said well where's your parents and they said oh well they're going to come and get us um later but i'm going to call them they'll come and get us don't worry and then the next thing she turns around and the wee boy is downstairs at the other end of the hall just staring staring at her 
and that's when she notices that he has black eyes and the two of them do and then she immediately starts feeling a really horrible sense of fear and dread and her cat who's normally really friendly towards people and children was hiding like hiding cowering underneath a piece of furniture or something like that and her dog was clearly disturbed as well because that was barking and then so eventually she was like how do I get rid of these kids so they, they sort of like went her and her husband said right okay where are your parents coming she's like don't worry they'll be here soon and next thing they know they feel really dizzy and they her husband ends up fainting or something and then when they wake up they look out their window and the kids have left and they're in a car and at the front of the car who's driving the car is like adults but they're all in black and then they just drive off and then later during that week things started to get really bad for them so their luck kind of went downhill so the the husband ended up getting skin cancer that he'd never been diagnosed or anything like that before so they're trying to link that because they let those black eyed kids in he ended up cursed or something and ended up like taking on some sort of evil and he ended up getting cancer and their their cat died as well sadly (laughs) so that's the lesson that that's what happens if you let these kids in i mean Again, I feel like I'd be very reluctant to let them in anyway, but I just wanted to know what would happen. But yeah, that's it's a, it's a good story. I enjoyed that story. But yeah, it's weird. You would think as well, like if, again, they were just normal kids that happened to have really, really weirdly big dark eyes. Like, especially if the older one was about 14, if a couple fainted in front, like progressively fainted while you were in their house, you wouldn't just be like, as mum and dad here, let's go. <laughs> just leave these unconscious elderly people yeah she said that there were two men at the end of their driveway the men were very tall and slender which fucking freaks me out because i hate that that's my fear really tall thin slender men Ugh. the two men and children then oh they, they said that the wife waved to them after fainting i don't get why you would do that but they did not receive the same friendly gesture the two men and children then drove away together in one car Oh, their power went out as well. So their power then came back on a little later after the kids left. Throughout the next week, weird things happened in the house. Three out of four cats went missing and a fourth had been found dead in the pool of its own blood. The husband continued to have nosebleeds and finally went to the doctor where he was diagnosed with a very aggressive skin cancer. And there's also, right, see, this is all happening in America, but I found, I came across an article. Oh, no, it's a website and it's called Birmingham Live. And the headline is... Black-eyed child returns to to haunt Cannock Chase. So it says, new sighting of ghostly legend reported at the Staffordshire beauty spot. A leading paranormal investigator has scoured a Staffordshire beauty spot following chilling sightings of the spectre known locally as the Black-eyed Child. Lee Brickley launched an in-depth investigation of Cannock Chase after reports that the ghoulish apparition has returned to the sprawling heathland. The child was last spotted 30 years ago, sparkling worldwide interest and is today a cult internet sensation. Latest descriptions of the girl who has cold, cold black pits for eyes, eye sockets, are identical to those chronicled in the early 1980s. So that's pre-1998, obviously. Yeah. Lee, the author... He's an author in the books about paranormal. See, this is where I'm a bit sceptical because is he not just doing this for publicity or something? Was stunned recently when he received a new eyewitness account of the black-eyed child. Alerted by what sounded like screams, a shocked woman came across the wandering, sightless spectre while walking Birch's Valley. 
We instantly started running towards the noise, she said. We couldn't find a child anywhere and so stopped to catch our breath. That's when I turned round and saw a girl stood behind me, no more than 10 years old, with her hands over her eyes. It was as if she was waiting for a birthday cake. I asked if she was okay and she... I don't don't know why she came to that conclusion. I asked if she was okay and if she had been the one screaming. She put her arms down by her side and opened her eyes That's when I saw they were completely black, no iris, no white, nothing. I jumped back and grabbed my daughter. When I looked again, the child was gone. It was so strange. (laughs) I mean, yeah, that is quite strange. But this guy who's the the paranormal guy that was investigating this called Lee, um, he's called Lee Brickley, he said that he has a personal experience of his own. So he said that in the summer of 1982... My aunt was 18 years old and she and her friends would often meet on Cannock Chase in the evening time, probably in much the same way many teenagers still do today. One evening, just before dark, she heard a little girl frantically shouting for help. Rushing to locate the sound, she stumbled upon a dirt track and caught sight of the girl, about six years old, running in the opposite direction. When my aunt caught up, the girl turned around and looked her in the eyes and then ran off into the dark woodland. Her eyes had been completely black with no trace of white. There was a police search, but to no avail. At the time, no one had any reason to believe anything paranormal was going on. The girl certainly appeared to be of flesh and blood. There have been similar sightings of black-eyed children around the world. Some people believe them to be extraterrestrials, vampires or ghosts, said Lee. But there is one big difference between the sightings around the world and the stories coming out of Cannock Chase. Only on Cannock Chase do the sightings consistently happen during the daytime. In the US, many reports suggest that black-eyed children often appear in groups, regularly knocking at the door of unknown victims and asking quietly if they may come inside. I would like to think, putting the second and third story together, that two gay slender men adopt <laughs> the little girl from Canuck Chase and a random toilet psychic and formed a little and I'm really happy for them. Yeah, maybe she just wants she just wants to live her life running about the woods. She doesn't seem she's not well, she's saying help, but she's not asking to come into a building or anything. It's like the other version of the story. Instead of the kids coming up, at, like turning up at your door, like the Brian, like Brian in 1988, the kids are trying to get into his car. So sometimes they'll try and they'll approach you on the street, and there could be no one else around, and it, it'd be really weird. And then the next time there's these two kids looking at you, asking either if they can use your phone or if they could come home with you. It's always they need to be invited somewhere, and you have to let them in order for their powers to work. So there is a feat, and some people say that these kids have cloven feet. <laughs> Not cloven oh. feet, sorry, claws for feet. Less all. <laughs> <laughs> and people think that they could be extraterrestrials because of the story about the couple who seen them get dragged driven away by tall, slender bl- and men in black. I was going to say black men, I better not say that. Um, men in black that it's linked to the men, in, the actual men in black and that are somehow related to extraterrestrial phenomena. But again, that doesn't really explain why they have to be invited in. That makes no. me think of vampires. Also, I don't think of the men in black as being aliens. I think of them as being interdimensional beings. So maybe the black-eyed kids are kids but from another... That's another theory. That is another theory, yeah. Kids from a oh. multi-dimensional... Yeah. Okay, what's happening here? Are you dead? 
yeah, the sound keeps cutting out at your end as well. Oh, okay. There's just multiple, like, very long gaps there. So they could come from a different dimension, but again, it doesn't really explain why they're knocking on people's doors in the form of children. I think... Maybe in their dimension, their form of trick-or-treating is you knock on people's doors and say, can we use your toilet? And then give them cancer and kill their cats. (laughs) (laughs) You never know. So how do you feel about, now that I've told you about these black-eyed kids that you live by yourself in a fairly remote area, would it cross your mind that these could knock on your door when you're in by yourself? Would that freak you out? Um... I mean, the thought of it, does, I think I'd quite like it if they knocked on my door. Like, I wouldn't invite them in, but now I want to see some. In part, because of the fashion choices, like, I want to see what they're wearing. <laughs> I would probably want, see, I, I'm too I'm too much of a nosy bastard. I'm too curious. I would probably want to invite them in just to see what would happen, even though I know that it's probably not going to be good, having read the other stories. I think I get that, but if, if there wasn't the cat threat, like, if oh. I thought, there's a chance that I could just randomly die that seems awful but out of interest I might invite them in but if I thought there's a chance the cat could die well I'm not going to kill the cat but yeah I'd like them to come to the door so I could just have a sort of nosy at what interdimensional children look like (laughs) so I was gonna like on the other hand I thought I'd look into the skeptical side of it so I'm going back to our old friend Mm snopes.com and they say that, again, the origins are the black-eyed children, mysterious creatures who supposedly resemble kids between ages of 6 and 16. They only appear at night, night, so there's a vampire connection there, when they show up at the doors of unsuspecting residents and ask in breathless and monotone voices. See, that's another thing. They don't sound like normal children. They sound quite quiet and quietly confident in a weird way, like still quite mature for a like a six-year-old or a ten-year-old bit like you know the the children of the damned or something there's something really weird about them mm. um so it says the putative origin of the black-eyed kids is that 1998 ghost legend mailing list post by brian bethel the black-eyed children fever hit the internet in february 2013 when a two-minute video episode of weekly strange featuring a look at these strange putative beings was posted to the entertainment section of msn website but as the inquisitor noted that that video and other sources of information about black-eyed children were far for con- far from convincing if you google black-eyed children you're not much better off the first handful results belong in the examiner in mysterious universe and none of them exactly take what we'd call a fully skeptical view of the subject Further down, there's a laughably bad Journal of the Bizarre post that claims to debunk the black-eyed children phenomenon with pseudo-biological and pragmatic arguments that sometimes seem about as far-fetched as there being black-eyed children in the first place. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, I don't really see how you can present a biological argument for them not existing if they are possibly vampires, ghosts, interdimensional beings, aliens, whatever. Like, you can't just be like, well, biologically speaking, there are no interdimensional beings. And also they said that, um, well, they, they basically, they'll file black-eyed children under the same heading as Bigfoot. And they've said, believe it if you like, but realise that there is no evidence of their existence. It's all just hearsay. Subjective testimony that ranges from reasonable to suspiciously fame-whoring. <laughs> the real mystery, in my opinion, is why this topic made MSN's front page where it started to trend, fooling people to th- into thinking it was real news. <laughs> I don't remember that. It's real news. How dare they? 
Oh, right, no, because that coincided with uh, the release of a Black Eyed Kids film that was like a, a horror film that this guy made based on the legends. Mm-hmm. So it was all tied into that. It was a publicity stunt. So for my, I, I think that Black Eyed Kids are just like a creepypasta rumour that people have made up. What do you think? Do you think there's anything else to it? Have you heard of anything else that might be similar or any explanation about what these Black Eyed Kids could be? I mean, apology. I'm not hearing similar, but I, I like that you're not convinced, but your stories have convinced me. I'm convinced. I think they're real. Why? <laughs> yeah. I, don't, I, I, just, I don't know. <laughs> While we were telling me, I was like, yeah, this all computes. This seems logical. I'm fine with this. I mean, there are, I'm about to sound mad, there are definitely other dimensions, but, you know, the likelihood is that there are other dimensions. So who's to say that? beings can't pass from other dimensions and we don't know what they would be like and and yeah i think you do get there's plenty of things which might not be those exact children but there's plenty of things in the whole history of time that people have seen that don't fit in with our context of reality i would just kind of file them under that and and like if there's multiple witnesses as well like i don't yeah i get why the like ghost hunter guy would have made up that there was the little black-eyed kid girl but but why would his aunt have made that up and then phoned the police? And why would any of the other witnesses have made it up? Like, there's no reason. If that guy's just publishing it on his blog and his blog's not actually about specifically black-eyed kids, then why would he, like, make it up and with that older couple? Like, why would they both make it up? And the fact that he died shortly afterwards? Yeah, I don't know. And them, I think they're real. I think that... I'd like, to, I'd like this to be a real thing. At the same time, I don't really want these kids knocking on my door because I'd be compelled to let them in just because I, I'm a self-sabotager. I like to see what the fuck would happen, even though I know it's not good for me. I would still probably let them in. Or would I? Or am I just saying that? I'm laughing now today <laughs> as we like to constantly reference South Park. I just imagine a black-eyed kid knocking on your door and you being like, can I help you? And them going, I need about three fifty. there's only one other thing that i found and there's a sort of theory about what they could be that predates the 1988 blogger and it's on a website called rare Mm -hmm. and it says that the there was um an origin that they've or a legend that they found that could relate to the kids something called an otcon spoken of in ancient Iroquois Indian legends. The Iroquois Indians believed in a dark power called the Otcon that could take over children and an evil one who would mate with human females to produce black-eyed, chalky-skinned children. These children were killed by the tribe soon after birth and burned to stop them from resurrecting. Children wandering alone in the woods could also be taken over by Otcon and would re-emerge with black eyes and pale skin, acting nervously while repeating themselves over and over. Their goal was to destroy the tribe and infect all of the people with the Otcon. Sort of like a like a cursed chain letter thing, like maybe like the ring. And then that sort of ties in with that kid that they were seeing in the Birmingham woods. Yeah. Who was running around the woods like a lost child? Maybe she's been not shit, shit on your slender man, Fiery, but <laughs> maybe she was cursed by the Ocon, and that's why she's wandering around, running around the woods trying to infect everyone. I mean, I don't like that they burned the Ocon babies. That's it's out of order. <laughs> yeah, they're just trying to protect their tribe, aren't they? It's also again going back to your vampire thing. Like that story has a kind of vampiric vibe to it. Mm. Like 
woods at night and then they come out and they've got pale skin and dark eyes and they can infect the rest of the tribe and they can become part of the Otcon as well. Would I want to be an Otcon? <laughs> well, you would have the perfect um, feeding ground then as a teacher because there's plenty of kids that you could turn into Otcons and then they yeah. could go forth as black-eyed kids and so on and so on. Not that you would do that, but... Even instead of them burning the Otcon babies, I could just, like, take them and look after them. Then I wouldn't have to turn anyone into an Otcon. But if anyone annoyed me, I could have a little Otcon army. Yeah, I think it's a lovely idea. I'm into it. (laughs) Well, that's really all I've got to say about Black Eyed Kids. There's not really much else to it. I mean, it's fairly simple. It's just a couple of weird, weird weird-ass kids that knock on your door, try to get you to let them in, and then bad shit happens to you if you do. I really enjoyed that yeah oh. yeah black eyed peas don't confuse them with the black eyed peas <laughs> no i did to be fair when you at first said you'd wave i thought they do sound not so much like the black eyed peas i just thought they sound like some sort of indie band like i could imagine when i was about like 19 if i was in the cat house or whatever standing outside having a fag and someone walked up to him and was like uh, do you know about the black eyed kids <laughs> Like, no, no, what's their first album like? Tell me. That's funny because I posted that on our Facebook page and the Crystal My Facebook page saying um, that it's gonna the podcast's going to be called the about the black-eyed kids and the faceless women. And I was like, how much does that sound like a band name? <laughs> <laughs> oh, I kind of want to start it. Yeah. So um, speaking of faceless women, do tell. Okay. I want, I'm keen to hear all about it. Faceless women, ahoy. I can't, I feel like when I tell you this, you'll remember me because I can't believe I've not told you this before. And it kind of goes back to the whole conversation we had before about um, when we went to high school, people thinking that you were some sort of weird witch woman. So, yeah, when we went to high school, people that I went to, or quite a few people I went to primary with thought it was some sort of like lunatic Haley Joel Osment, I see dead people, madman. They were right. <laughs> so, when we were in primary, when I was in primary seven, so to give you like a vague layout of my old primary school, there was like the old bit of the building. I mean, the whole building was really old. It's been demolished now, but there was the extraordinarily old bit of the building, which had all the sort of lower school in it. And then they built an extension onto the building. Again, a very old extension onto the building at that point in time, which it was basically like a huge corridor that had stairwells all the way along it. So the classrooms, you would go up the stairwells to go upstairs to the classrooms and then basically underneath that was a big long it was just like a big long room so you could come off the corridor which had no windows so it was quite creepy anyway and into the big long room and the big long room had all of like the resources for the school in it and it had like ceiling to floor windows the whole way along so it was like really well lit so why why would you be there uh, because so when again it was mp7 and the our teacher had, I don't remember exactly what we were going to do, but I remember we needed sugar paper. And it said, uh, I need, like, Mark, could you go down to the resource room and get, like, X, Y, Z and some sugar paper? So I was like, yeah, let's go and say, I was like, yeah, no bother. <laughs> Tiny child B was like, I no bother him. Um, so I was like, yes, that's fine. So I went down to get it and I went into the resource room. Now, this was probably about this time of year to be fair like it was coming up towards the summer holidays so it was like relatively warm and again there was floor to ceiling windows and the sun was shining and I went in and the room was really cold which was weird and as you went in the door so it went just like long back the way and as I went in the door there was a woman with 
long, really, really dark brown or jet black hair sitting on a seat in the corner. So like facing the corner. So technically there was a full length like window next to where she was sitting, but she was like facing directly into the corner and she had her hands down as though she was reading something. And obviously now as an adult, if I walked into a room and someone was doing that, I'd be like, oh, I wouldn't strike a couple of conversation with them. But because I was a kid and I thought it was just a teacher I didn't know. So I was like, I don't know what she's doing. Went and walked to the back of the room to get the sugar paper first and then was going to collect the other stuff on the way out. And as I was walking, I just felt colder and colder. And like all of the hair was standing up in the back of my neck. And I turned round with the sugar paper. And I don't know why I keep saying sugar paper. It's the important part. It's just, it gives me a warm feeling inside when you say sugar paper. Because I totally forgot about sugar paper, even though I went to art school for like five years. <laughs> the, sh- the whole like word, word sugar paper just brings me back to primary school. <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean, I'll never forget whenever I think of sugar paper I think of this happening oh, so no. I turned around and she this doesn't even make it well I'm aware it doesn't <laughs> the whole story from this point obviously is paranormal ergo makes no sense yeah she I turned around but she basically got out of the seat and moved about halfway down the room but within a too short a space of time for her to have moved and without her making any sound That's at horrifying. and she was wearing like a really like a floor length deep purple gown is the only way I could describe it yeah like was it, she like, transparent or did she look like an actual flesh and blood no, she looked like an actual solid human being <gasps> oh. uh, but I could tell that she was staring at me but she didn't have a face fucking hell man and it's not okay. like there was, it was I'm not saying there was like no head there or that her face looked like it had been ripped off she just didn't have a face she didn't have oh. eyes didn't have a nose she didn't have a mouth she didn't have the outlines of any features so was it like a flesh colored or a fleshy head but with like a smooth egg kind of thing like but it was made out of flesh or was it was it like when you blur someone's face in a photograph it was the only way i can describe it is you know in microsoft paint 98 (laughs) (laughs) dropper function yeah so, like, if you use the ink dropper function on somebody's face and then just kind of scribbled over it with the paintbrush, it was like that. It wasn't it wasn't solid and it wasn't smooth, but it wasn't, like, lumpy or jagged. It was, re- again, it's just really difficult to describe. It was, like, it was almost as though it was one colour and was the shape of a head, roughly, but, like, our body and hair were 3D, but it was 2D. That's not it was t- again. This sounds mad. Not like it was 2D, like her head had been replaced with something flat. Like <laughs> it was 2D. Like when I looked at it, it was almost like ex- her head existed in a two-dimensional reality that the rest of her body wasn't existing in. It was. That sounds absolutely terrifying. I mean, yeah, if I was but- you in your shoes, I. I'd probably piss myself or something. Like, and I don't know what I would do. How did you react? Absolutely terrifying. And yeah, I think it was the not just the fact that she had no facial features, but the whole weird juxtaposition of the head and the rest of her. And I couldn't work out what was happening. It totally, I just freaked out. So I dropped everything I was carrying. The only way out of the room was to go by her. So I sprinted <gasps> her and out the room, and then <laughs> basically ran up to my old P7 classroom burst into my old p7 classroom 
and scream, there's a woman with no face. <laughs> <laughs> that would have been really good with your friends when you're a kid. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, that was basically, that was the story. Like, my P7 teacher was like, don't be so silly. Tried to get me to calm down. Couldn't work out why I was freaking out so much. Was pretty much like, it just said there would just have been somebody else in the room. We went down to the room to look in the room and she was like, see, there's nobody in there, which there wasn't, but there also wasn't the strange coldness and staticiness. And yeah, it was just all very, very odd. And then I found out later that one of the other girls who I went to primary with, who shall remain nameless, that she, so this was maybe on like a Thursday, say. So on the Tuesday at the start of break, she'd been sent down to the resource room and then Basically, when we came back after break, although I didn't really notice, but when we came back after break, she'd been sent home sick and still wasn't back in by the Thursday. And it turned out when she was back in school that the reason that she'd been sent home sick is because literally the exact same thing happened to her. But she freaked out so much and ran to the office and was hysterical that they had to phone her mum and send her home. And she basically refused to come back into school for over a week because she was so freaked out by it and described seeing exactly the same thing. And <laughs> after it happened as well, like obviously I told my family and you know, mom's like, she's also very into paranormal stuff. So she- And your gran was quite cool that way as well. Yeah, there were, there, there were a pair of uh, witchy women. So <laughs> she had obviously then relayed this story to a couple of her friends. And then one of the women who lived up the street, whose youngest daughter played with my wee brother. And she was like, what? four or five years below us at school but our older daughter like at this point in time I think had already gone to college or uni so she was maybe like seven eight (laughs) and but it turned out that so she came to speak to my mom and was like oh basically like whatever my mom's pals and had told her that my mom had told her this story and said that basically again the exact same thing had happened to her oldest daughter when she went to my primary school so, what do you, so yeah. why is this thing why is this thing hanging about the resource room do you think was there any theory about that what, where does this thing come from why was it there and the, and and that girl that you said saw it who was around about your age or what was your age did you tell her about this before she'd because i'm just trying to play devil's advocate i'm not saying i don't believe you but i'm just saying that maybe she heard it from you and then saw it herself in her no, mind no. one of the other girls from school had told me that this girl had told her on like whatever Tuesday night that that was why she wasn't coming back into school and was like I saw a lady basically was like I'm not coming back into school because I saw a woman without a face and then when she did come back into school I told her that I'd seen the same thing and yeah she kind of had the whole reaction of no you didn't it was really really scary obviously like somebody else has just told you i saw it and you're pretending to have seen it so we both drew a picture of what we thought the woman looked like and then showed it to each other and it was pretty i mean and child scroll but yeah it was pretty much the same do you think you could draw this picture draw the same picture of the woman now or as an adult do you think you'd be a bit more detailed about it or how hazy is it in your mind because i'd be quite intrigued to see that picture no, I think I could draw a picture of her now. It's not hazy in my mind at all. It's like, it, yeah, it's it's like etched in my mind. Like oh, I you need, oh, you need, you need to post it on Facebook or exactly. Instagram. 
I can also picture her exactly when I walked into the room. I can remember exactly what she looked like sitting in the seat, and I can remember exactly what she looked like when she got out of the seat. Did you ever see her again? No. Although I left primary shortly after that, but no, I never saw her again. Do you think she's still there? Like, I know they they, they demolished all, all the old primary schools and built new ones. Was it, is it East Milton? Yeah, yeah, it was. So did they build another East Milton primary school, or is there nothing there now? I can't remember. No, they built a new school on the same ground. I mean, I don't know, because... I wonder if she's still there. Specifically in the resource room. That's what's strange as well, because obviously that... Well, not obviously, but as I was saying, that's the newer... when it, Although all the school was old, but that was the newer bit of the old school. So actually, when they originally built the school, that would just have been a field. So she connected to the field, or...? I mean, it's very, I sort of looked up as I got, I think like at the time, I basically just went to the library and looked for books on women with no faces and there wasn't any and then left it at that. And then when I was a little bit older, um, I remember, I can't remember who I spoke to about it in secondary. And we went to my primary school and climbed the fence and like stared through the resorption window, <laughs> whether or not she would appear again, because obviously we couldn't go back into the school. Um Oh, who was it I was with? I can't even remember now. That's very annoying. Um, which she didn't. But yeah, then I did kind of research a little bit, but I didn't really find anything. Just that it used to be farmland. I found out who the farm was owned by, but there was no stories of anyone being killed there or anyone going missing there. Or yeah, it's anything. intriguing because I wonder when was that? You were, well, that must have been about because you're the same age as me. So yeah. primary seven. That must have been about 1995. Round about then, 96. I'm terrible at maths, but yeah, that sounds about right. So I wonder how many people before then had seen this figure besides you and that other girl, because obviously like it's not just you that's seen it, and there's some other there's another witness that's seen this thing. Yeah. Did she appear before 1995 and six, or did it just start happening when you saw her? I highly doubt it. I think there's got to be some other people that have seen this thing, but well, maybe before the resource room was built. Mum's friend's friend, like for her daughter to have seen it as well. So she was what say eight years older than us so yeah she would have seen it and that's, that's actually giving me shivers yeah it's the single weirdest paranormal experience of my entire life and you fair it's definitely better than when i told you about the boring stockroom ghost that did nothing I think oh, it was yeah. like yeah it wasn't a ghostly apparition it was just the fact that you said it was solid but yeah face was that's the thing that creeps me out the most it, it makes me think of like if i was I always imagined when you said that that it wasn't it wasn't in the primary school. I thought I'm convinced that you told me that you saw this woman later on near the gates of Duncan Rig. Like, you know where the corn oh, how do I describe it? You know where they've built houses now? Yeah. Round about there, that corner. But then that's just round the corner from the primary school. Yeah, it's it's near the primary school, but it's just, you know, where where the gates aye to Duncan Rig, you know, that side. Yeah when you're heading towards your street. I'm sure you said that you saw a woman standing there and she turned around and she had no face, or maybe I'm just getting confused between that and the primary school one. You must be, because, because yeah, that's not what I saw. But that she followed you about, or you saw her on several occasions. Oh, okay, that's different then. Do you think... Are you the- thinking of the... <laughs> which can be a story for another time. I think you're maybe thinking of the marmalade lady. Oh, yeah, maybe I'm I am. I saw multiple times, but I feel like we can use that as an, a story for another episode. But yeah, when I used to, like, literally every time I had a high temperature, I would see the marmalade lady. I did <laughs> her outside the gates of the school once, but she's different from the lady with no face. I'm intrigued about the marmalade lady now. Like, was she offering you jars of marmalade, or was she covered in marmalade? 
I know she was. I feel like in fact it's a short. I'm, I'm just telling this because I'm like yeah. I'll save it for another time. Oh, and then... The marmalade lady was. Um, so the first time I saw the marmalade lady was <laughs> I was maybe about like five or six, and or it must have been about six because I was off school, and my gran was looking after me, and I had a really really high temperature, and my gran went out of the room to get whatever, and I was lying on the couch, and yeah, this short woman dressed in kind of I don't know maybe like 1930s clothing. It was just was suddenly there with a jar of marmalade and asked me if I wanted some marmalade, but it didn't freak me. I think because I was so young, I was just like, all right, there's this perfectly pleasant woman offering me marmalade. She was kind of ghostly though, like she was semi-transparent. But then when I told my like gran about it, when I told my mom about it later, they were like, yeah, it's just because you've got a fever. But yeah, then throughout my life, I must have saw the marmalade woman a good five or six other times. Including, yeah, once in the street kind of running up to the old phone box at the side of Duncan Rig. Yeah. Aye, that's probably the, the lady that I was thinking of, not the, the woman without a face. It was a marmalade lady, but I forgot she was called that. <laughs> I think you've definitely got some sort of gift, but maybe have you not seen anything like since you were a teenager then? Anything else that could be classed no, as a, a good spirit or weird things that I feel like I will definitely cover when we look at other topics that right. we talked about like aliens before and we're like oh I've ever had any like the other week like we said have you ever had any experiences to chip in here Mark and I was like no oh. I've never seen anything that I've thought has been an alien but yeah there are multiple things that I've seen that are kind of weird and yeah not I suppose they kind of fall into the category of ghosts but I don't think any of them actually have been ghosts but no I think when I was about I think the last time I saw anything like that was, yeah, when I was about maybe 14, 15. I don't think since I've been about, definitely since I've been 18, I haven't seen anything at all that I've thought that's not in fitting with everything else around about it. I'm freaking myself out here, Mark, because I don't know about you, but I'm picking up what sounds like little birds chirping in the background. Uh, and it, it's really scaring me. It's just birds chirping. Okay. Because see when you're talking, <laughs> just women and fucking marmalade ladies, and all I can hear is, I can't whistle. Like, I definitely never got the it's... impression the marmalade woman was evil. Even when I got older and saw her on random occasions, yeah, it was just like she was sort of standing somewhere. I feel like as well, as I got older, she didn't come and offer me marmalade. Rude. But... Um... <laughs> I wasn't scared of when I walked in the room with the woman with no face Mm -hmm. I didn't I wasn't frightened of her when I went into the room but yeah the room was really cold and staticky but I wasn't actually scared it was when I turned around that's all I can do like my fear wasn't that there was a woman there or even that she was possibly a ghost my fear was again like the weird juxtaposition between what her body and hair was and what her face was like they didn't match up and it was almost like my brain couldn't compute it and I felt like cold and staticky and sick all at the one time and just felt like I had to run away. See that's really interesting because that links in with the black eyed kids because when at first they think they're just normal kids but as soon as they notice the the kind of uncanny well the obviously wrong look of their eyes that are black then that's when they get like what you described a feeling of absolute terror and dread. Yeah, that was exactly what it was. Because, yeah, coming into the room, I was just like, I don't know that teacher reading a book in the corner. The end, move on. Even though, again, the room did feel cold and staticky. But, yeah, it was the, 
the witnessing of how her, her face didn't fit in with the reality of what faces are, that was what the issue was. And I think maybe that when you're a rational, normal sort of person, you've never encountered anything like that before. Everything you know in your reality is has an explanation. When someone like that sees something that has no possible explanation outside of science that they've ever heard of, then that can really fuck up someone's like mind mindset. Yeah. And it's like it makes me think of the character. I I can't remember which one it was. One of the guys, one of the kids in it, who is so disturbed by the fact that Pennywise exists and things like that, like evil like that exists, that it affects him as he grows up as an individual. It completely destroys his like thoughts on what life was a bit to the point where he ends up killing himself because he can't bear it anymore. Yeah, I think it's maybe why doesn't want to accept that that's true or partially why i'm like obsessed with mythology and weird things and like sort of took courses in uni that were very much focused on like what reality was and whether reality is what we perceive it to be and like Otis huxley's writings and things like that because yeah i think it it definitely did it was an event that 100 percent shaped to have gone on to be because yeah just because it was so weird and when I went back to look through the windows of the school and see if I can see her, it was because, yeah, I think I wanted to see her again because, I, yeah, I feel like going into it, knowing that that could happen if it had happened again, well, I wonder what action would be, whether I would feel overwhelmed again because of the weird, yeah, I don't know the word, like when you went to say uncanny, uncanny valley and then I'm, I'm, yeah. it was just entirely wrong valley. Like... <laughs> Yeah, yeah, I don't know how that would make me react a second time, but I wanted to see. It's going to be a sort of feeling that the emotion that you can only describe, if, it's hard to describe because it's something that you, if you've counted it yourself, like it's hard to tell someone else how you felt in that position at the time. Yeah. Because I'm kind of, I'm, I'm a little bit jealous because I've never had that experience at all. And I kind of want to, but at the same time, I don't want, which doesn't really help. Yeah, it's. I feel like, yeah, whenever anybody has kind of experiences that are a bit weird that I've not had, I'm very like, yeah, I want to, like, yeah, I like the Black Eyed Kids to come to my door. I just don't want them to come in. But I'd like to see the Black Eyed Kids. I'd like it if an alien spacecraft came down and scattered <laughs> me just so I could be like, that's what an alien spacecraft looks like. Because, yeah, it is difficult to describe and even... Yeah, trying to describe what she was like and how it made me feel. I'm using the best words I can, but there's not really exact words that would make it make sense. So did you find out in your research whether there was other sightings around the world, like these black, like, for instance, some of black-eyed kids, of any other people encountering different faceless people or women? There's not really any kind of European history at all of like faceless ghosts, which I thought was quite interesting in itself. We've got like headless ghosts and then we've got like actual ghosts. So yeah, there's lots of women in formal wear, but they tend to have faces Um, or at the very least, they tend to be like entirely obscured rather than part of them solid and part of them not obscured. But there's loads of, well, there's loads, there's a few different ideas in um, different sort of Asian cultures that look at faceless women so one of them which to be fair wasn't the first one i found but is interesting because it relates to what we've looked at before there's a um, japanese kind of relative if you want of the kitsune mm-hmm. uh, the kitsune are fox spirits that feed on psychic energy 
they've got this idea that there's a uh, faceless women spirits that are called Mugina, and they think that Mugina. So remembering when I was sort of talking about Kitsune, and it's the idea of foxes that live to be several hundred years old and then become yeah. magical creatures. So it's a Mugina, as if a badger or a raccoon lives to be hundreds of years old. There's um, ancient sort of folk tales that say it can then take on the form of a woman without a face because the thing that it feeds on is it gets like feeds on and gets joy from tricking people. So it's just a way for it to play a trick. It like turns into what would look like a beautiful lady from the back. And then when she turns to talk to you and you're kind of like, oh, we're about to, to flirt here in the same way that a kitsune would try and seduce you. Instead of trying to seduce you, it just turns around and terrifies you because it doesn't have a face. And then you're terrified and it gets like a wee sort of buzz off that energy and, and hops away. I don't know, that just made me laugh thinking about badgers. The other thing that I looked up is the noperabo. Um, so I also thought it could be what's called an operable. So an operable is a type of spirit, not a ghost, um, that's seen all over the world, but most of the stories about it are either from Japan or from Hawaii. So I've got a wee description of an operable here. So an operable resembles an ordinary human being in almost all ways. However, an operable actually has no face at all. Japanese legend tells us that its head is similar to a blank orb because it has no eyes, no nose, no mouth, and no features whatsoever. Uh, this mysterious being is normally encountered on quiet, empty country roads, which not would make sense mm. because it's been a resource room, but it might Yeah, but it was a field. Quiet, empty country roads when it was a field. Um, and they're only normally seen by one person when no one else is around. Uh, its activity seems to be that it wants to scare humans, and it does this very well. Usually they appear in the guise of a woman with her back turned towards the observer when you approach them. And then when you approach and look away, then a parable will turn around so that when you turn back, you see its true terrifying form revealed. Looking at it is said to inflict terror upon its victims. So it gets off on that? Apparently so. And I thought it seems more in fitting with what I saw, I guess, than the... The badger spirit. Yeah, I think that definitely fits in better. I like the badger spirit idea. I think it's cute. I think it's cute, but yeah, it's not the the whole like looking at its like visage brings terror upon you, and <laughs> when you approach it, it's facing the other way, and then when you turn away, it then turns to face you and show you just really like. I thought, well, that all kind of fits in. And then I found um, two different stories that are of other people witnessing them that I thought sounded kind of similar to me. Um, so the first story I found was by a writer called Lafcadio Hearn. Um, so he wrote a book called Quaden Weird Tales, which I feel like we should definitely purchase and read all of. Um, and it was released in 1904. Okay, that sounds awesome. So it's just a collection of sort of weird folk tales. And one of his stories uh, that he wrote down came from a merchant man who lived in Tokyo and he was travelling to the Ketno... Kunazaka, which is a slope of uh, like remote road. And according to the merchant, he was hurrying up the slope one night and he saw a woman crouching by a moat facing away from him and she had her hands in front of her as though she was weeping. He said, although she, he couldn't see her face, he could tell she was young, she was very slender um, and she was exceptionally well-dressed well and wore her hair in a style that indicated that she must have come from a well-to-do family. 
Uh, he stopped to offer her assistance, but she continued to look away. And she raised her hands up, but he couldn't see her face because she had long sleeves on her garment. Uh, he said to her, oh, are you crying? Please let me help you. And then suddenly he turned away. And when he turned to when he turned back towards her, she was standing, she was now standing facing him and stroking her own face. But he saw that she had no face. And when he saw this, he screamed, absolutely freaked out, and ran away up the Kino Kunzizaka, which again is this path, so he ran away from her. Uh, he said he didn't dare look behind him. He didn't stop until he saw the gleam of a lantern. Never looked back, but he was so frightened that he felt like he was going to have a breakdown. Fucking hell. And then I got this other well, set of stories, but it's kind of just the one story, but occurring over several years um, from a website called, sorry, from an article called October Spooks on the Atlantis Adventure website. That sounds great. I'm going to check that out. It's, very, it's a really interesting website. They've got an article called October Spooks, and one of the sections is on the faceless ghost of Wei A. Lee Drive-In, which is a Hawaiian ghost story. Wei A. Lee Drive-In is in a Hawaiian town called Kahala. Right. Uh, so the author of the article says, probably the most circulated uh, story about the encounters here comes from a woman who was at the Whaley Drive-In in 19... Sorry, Whaley Drive-In in 1956. She was finishing up in the restroom and she encountered a young woman who was standing brushing her long black hair in front of the mirror. She decided that she was going to get a closer look at the woman because she was sure that a few seconds earlier the woman wasn't in the restroom. So she turned back to face the woman again and at this point the woman was facing her but she had a smooth, sorry, her face was smooth, her skin was white, but it had nothing on it. She had no eyes, she had no nose, she had no mouth. Roused by the alarming screams of terror coming from the restroom area, people at the drive-in rushed out to her aid, and the woman was found on the floor, terror-stricken and screaming uncontrollably, unable to form any words except that she had no face to explain what had happened. And the faceless woman was nowhere to be seen. She had disappeared without a trace. Wow. That's and weird. Because that sounds exactly what you encountered. Yeah. I thought it was... Obviously, as you say, at the time I tried to do research on it, but I couldn't find anything. But now, with the world of the internet, um, it's so much easier to find these kinds of things. So um, how, how, would you have felt, how would you have felt back then if you'd have came across that story as a 10-year-old? Would you have felt validated then? I don't know. I think I would have felt validated, but then it might have like altered my entire view on it because I think, yeah, part of the reason that I was really interested by the occult and the paranormal is because that happened. And maybe I found an answer straight away of, oh, it's this kind of spirit or being or whatever you want to call it. I might just have moved on and never thought about it again. Whereas, yeah, it's always been something that's kind of played on my mind of what was that? No, I was just going to say, um, for our listeners out there, um, if anyone who does listen has, uh, have they encountered any sort of faceless women, I think it'd be interesting to hear if anyone out there who listens has their own story they want to share about yeah, this. If you've seen a faceless woman or black-eyed kids or if a, a translucent woman's tried to sell you marmalade, let us know. Yeah, so you can let us know on our Facebook page or on our Instagram at crystal myth podcast at instagram is that right that is indeed or just crystal myth um on facebook yeah that's that is really fascinating i can i actually believe that 
that is a true phenomenon. Definitely believe what you're saying. I'm I mean, not I so sure about. I, I'm not so sure about the black eyed kids, but the faceless women I can buy. It's absolutely terrifying. Like them, like when you see someone. I think just the image of of someone just standing still with her back to you with long hair automatically think, oh my god, they're going to turn around and they're not going to have a face now. <laughs> I mean, yeah. I feel like I've never walked into a room and seen somebody with, you know, facing into a wall with jet black hair and formal wear since that event. But I think if I did, I would assume they were going to turn around and have no face. But the clues that it wouldn't be um, that it is a faceless woman or thing would be the static and the sense of drop in temperature. Yeah, like coldness, static in there. And then again, I think it's interesting that all of the articles and all of the stories, she's got dark hair. It was very, it was like sort of scraped back and pulled into a sort of tight, thick pleat, um, which I thought was quite interesting because with the merchant's um, story, he'd said that she had hair that would um, indicate that she was part of a sort of wealthy family. And then, yeah, they all seem to describe them as wearing like formal wear as well. Oh, yeah, because you said it had a long black, uh, long purple dress. Do you have, do you remember, I know this might be difficult, but do you remember any details about the dress? Or I'm just imagining just some sort of shapeless long gown? Or does no, it have it was, any embellishments again, yeah, it was, or it was pockets? It was, it wasn't, it was, I was going to say, it sounds <laughs> really tailored, sounds insane. When I saw an interdimensional, like interdimensional being, she was wearing a very uh, tailored dress. But yeah, it was, it was like expensive looking, deep purple material. Was it silk or cotton? <laughs> Not sure, okay. but definitely like it looked expensive it definitely wasn't a man-made fabric it was which makes sense because she didn't appear to be of our world um yeah and it was clearly tailored like really really fitted at the top and then kind of almost like went out a bit so it sat really well at the waist like not like she was wearing a bustle under it or anything but yeah like it it had it had volume round the way like it was a <laughs> it was a very nice gown like okay. it looked like it was really expensive. But she didn't belong in the resource room in a primary school. But you no. thought she might have been a teacher. Like yeah, to think back on it because again, it's kind of the image is like etched in my memory. So to think back on it as an adult, mm. it, it is weird that when I walked in, I was like, obviously this woman that's dressed as though she's going to some sort of like grand ball with the royal family <laughs> as a teacher. But you know that way when you're a kid, you're just like adults wear stuff. The end. Yeah. Definitely not what you would wear. I think maybe watch. your child's brain's just trying to rationalise what you're seeing, so your only conclusion is I'm in school, must be another teacher. Yeah. Well, I wonder, I'm really, I'm, I'm going to be obsessed with this image now, or the, the concept of a faceless woman. I'm going to have to do a little bit more research after this podcast. I'll go down like a rabbit hole of looking up other stories about this. It's, yeah, it's, it's definitely been something that I've been into researching and I do yeah I think it's interesting that every single story that I've ever seen about this kind of being is it's not exactly the same so there's not like an I don't feel like it's the same being but it's very very similar like in very dark formal wear I don't think that they sound like they were ever a human being at one point I do think that it is some sort of I don't know even if it's a spirit or some sort of demon thing I'm not saying they're, well, I mean, it's not nice to scare people, but I can't explain where they would come from, but I definitely 
don't think they were they're ghosts. They're more no, like... I don't think it falls under the umbrella of ghosts. Mm. I don't know what it falls under the umbrella of, but I don't think it falls under the umbrella of ghosts. No, especially since it takes the same form usually wherever it happens to appear around the world. I just find it really bizarre that it appeared in a primary school in East Kilbride. <laughs> <laughs> it's like we don't deserve things like that to happen here. Where have my thoughts on this? <laughs> <laughs> I'm too busy thinking about these faceless women. I, I just, I'm speechless. <laughs> <laughs> I'm glad that we've both enjoyed each other's stories so much for this one. Like I genuinely enjoy learning new stuff from you, but yeah, I feel like we've, we've both um, outdone ourselves with stories that each other would enjoy this week. I just find it really fascinating that you encountered this. I've never physically seen, I've never seen anything like as an adult or anything like that that I w- a figure or anything that I would consider to be like a ghost or a solid thing or anything like that that I know of I mean one might have been behind me but I just couldn't see it but that doesn't really matter it's like if you if a tree falls in the woods and no one's around to hear it does it still make a sound <laughs> does it make any difference but it does cross my mind I mean, I'm not totally cynical about that these things don't exist but then the rational side of me, like I was saying about that guy and it, is sort of fighting against it. It's like it doesn't. If I if I accept that that is a fact, then it will just destroy my whole I don't know rational mind. I think it's why I'm more of a like one that yeah because that because of that incident, there's not there isn't a rational explanation for it. Mm. And it, do you think that it's only certain people that can see these? This phenomena, I'm like you know, I'm just saying that you're maybe special, and you or that girl was that they've got some sort of gift or special ability to see these things, or and maybe it targets them over other people, as opposed to say can't ever see or encounter ghosts or spirits, or maybe their minds are closed off that they'll never they'll never encounter anything like that. I don't know because yeah, I don't know if it's like if they only appear to people that are more in tune to seeing them. If again with the whole like they only appear to you when you're on your own, well maybe it's just if you happen to be on your own and they somehow are aware that nobody's going to interrupt that, nobody's going to pass by the room or the road or whatever, then that's just when they appear. Well that's quite scary. Cause I often I I get my mind um goes off and wanders off and my imagination just sort of carried gets carried away sometimes when I'm on my own like when my boyfriend's away working and it's dark and I'm by myself I start to imagine like someone knocking at my door and then what would I do or or I have a feeling that someone's maybe watching me but there's nothing there at least with the probably just... you're not at ground level so she even regardless of what used to be under your flat like you're not at the level the road would have been so it's not going to have been a quiet road yeah but i'm going to be moving to a house soon and and then i start to think well the person who owned that house died recently like the woman's husband died and i'm thinking well is he going to come back to that house and hang about it's weird shit like that that goes through my brain i I think well how many people lived there before we moved in or have they imprinted their i don't know story onto that house and it's like a recording that will play back or there's some sort of memory that the walls have i'm not saying that there's there's ghosts but maybe like the stones are uh, can retain memory 
and I'm replay really, things. I'm into the idea of sort of yeah, energy based like ghosts that aren't as you say really ghosts. It's just like yeah, they're like the memory of them is like stuck to the floor or the wall or whatever. Yeah, and then people who are more in tune can tune into that, re- replay it, can see that, whereas others can't. I find that really intriguing. You know, like sometimes people see if they go to a battlefield, they'll sometimes see maybe like Roman soldiers one marching as yeah. if it's been replayed, uh, as if they've suddenly gone back in time or something and then they're, they're witnessing the battle happening, but it's actually just the memory or the energy that has just been stuck there. I mean, I would like to see something like that. Like, again, I would definitely like to see weird stuff again. It's when I said I haven't seen, well, not that this counts as seeing anything, but yeah, since I was like a teenager, the only thing I can think of, which I'm pretty sure I did tell you of before, ever since I've been a teenager, is that one night I was cutting from Sarah's house to go to the Westwood Square. So, like, the where the pitches are that used to be around the back of our old secondary school. Yeah. Um, and it was huh. maybe, I don't know, about like half nine, ten o'clock at night. But it was winter, so it was dark. And I was walking along and there was a guy coming the other way. And I mean, I couldn't see him properly. He was very far away, but I guess he was maybe like in his late 40s. But like the other way, but right on the other end of the pitches. And yeah, I just had like that kind of not not the staticky feeling, but just kind of that weird same overwhelming feeling of dread that I was like, I don't, I don't know, just I'm terrified of this man that I can't even see. So I ended up turning round and going an entirely massive roundabout way. But that's the only thing. And it's not really like seeing something. It was just like a weird, I don't know, vibe or energy I got off of. That's really interesting as well. Like the feeling of dread or the, the staticky feeling. It, it could be that, that our bodies aren't in tune. So it's not compa- it affects us differently than... Maybe they don't mean any harm, but it's just like a warning system to us. Like, you know, when your yeah. hackles go up, it could be something to do with that that makes you feel that way because it's just so not what you expect. It's not, it's so out of the ordinary that your whole body or your system just reacts to it that yeah, way. your body. Like, react, uh, like reacting to a chemical right? or a primal fear of something on the, of the unknown or of the, what's in the dark or it's like a a fight or flight instinct yeah. that kicks in. Because I did think that, I mean, again, the baseless women, that makes sense. That was an insanely weird incident. But I do kind of think of that with the guy on the pitches quite often because I'm like, that was a weird reaction because it's not like I've never been walking on my own somewhere at night before and there's been a man coming in the other direction that I can't see properly. Like, you know, that's a fairly common occurrence in life. But that's the only time I've had that overwhelming fear of, of something dreadful about to happen that would make you have to like flee, which is strange. I think a lot of humans these days are so have forgotten what it's like to listen to your instincts or go with your instincts or your gut feeling because there's so much technology that is sort of blocking that now. Yeah. Does that make sense? Because I always, I always, I'm a firm believer that if you feel that something isn't, if you have a bad feeling about something, then you need to listen into it because there's a reason why that's happening why your brain's telling you this and oftentimes I mean I was told once by a tarot card reader or something that I have a really good instinct and I should listen to my inner voice or my inner alarm bells more because I tend to ignore it and when I do that things generally don't go well I think technology wise maybe you're right and like we all 
have that ability but it's not even the sort of like what you're saying that sometimes you ignore it and things go wrong it's just that people are so focused on their phones or their yeah that we don't even have an attention span anymore so yeah that's it so much to pay attention to what's going on just directly round about is that you don't pick up on any of these sort of like weird outlier things that are going on yeah because people don't i mean maybe if you've got the time to wander around in the woods and really and, and not put your headphones in and listen to music and block out the sounds that are going around you or just try and feel the wind or just sense things a little bit more maybe become more in tune to what your surroundings are rather than yeah. just tune everything out by distractions like watching netflix putting music listening to spotify constantly you know doing something to distract yourself from what it actually is out there so i think that's where a lot of things where people do a lot of walking and meditating sort of mindfulness i think people should practice that more i'm not I mean, saying that it'll bring it'll it'll attract more ghosts or faceless women but it might but then there is the whole idea minded like, to that meditation unlocks all of reality so actually the idea would be exactly that like if you are someone that can sort of find inner calm and that can meditate then you should be able to pick up on everything that's going on around about you not just the most obvious things that are going on and that might include faceless women and black-eyed kids and weird staticky vibes coming off of people and stuff like that yeah because you can if you you can use it towards other human beings and you can you can get a feeling about someone about whether what kind of vibes that they're they're bring they're projecting out onto yeah. you you can react encounter with that but we're kind of going and yeah sort of more philosophical bent here <laughs> so i think maybe we should just wrap it up and talk about what we're meant what we're going to talk about next week so yep. i've been thinking well whose turn is it to, to choose a topic it's, it's your turn to choose yeah it? okay good yeah. so <laughs> so i was thinking we could talk about and it's kind of related to what we were talking about earlier but the marmalade lady mm-hmm. is childhood boogeyman because i have one my boyfriend has one that's disturbed me for a while and sounds like the marmalade lady might be a childhood boogeyman but i don't know if you have any other sort of strange imaginary friends or monster type characters that would appear Mm -hmm. when you were a child and it doesn't have to be anything obvious it's like well for instance a little teaser here when i was young i was convinced that there was a man called this is so childish big fat cheeks (laughs) <laughs> and he literally was this scary big moon-faced man with big fat jowly cheeks and he had like a sort of creepy grin on him all the time like it would slowly creep for from like a little small mouth and then it would gradually like get bigger and bigger and a sort of creepy smile when his cheeks would get bigger and he really freaked me out I was convinced that he was going to get me and he showed up and there's things like so he was always presence up until the age of like six or seven even he sounds horrendous <laughs> not a fan i absolutely was terrified of him and i've got plenty of stories about that and then so that's just an example of what i was i think we could both talk about next week what do you say what do you think um yes i'm i'm into that idea i've already thought of several things that i can talk about not just from me i've got a good story from ronnie that I think you would brilliant from ronnie oh excellent (laughs) i can't wait so well 
I really enjoyed that episode. I think it was really intriguing and really interesting. And uh, yeah, I'm looking forward to next week. So everyone, thanks for listening. If you want to tell us your stories um, about, if, if you want, I'm not going to judge you. Please share your stories if you've ever seen a faceless thing or if you've encountered anything like that or maybe even if you think you've encountered some black-eyed kids. I'd be really interested in hear, hear what yeah. you have to say. And if you have any sort of uh, interdimensional childhood boogeyman creatures that you used to see, messages about them as well, and maybe we could like read out your stories next week too. Oh yeah, that would be a good idea. We could read out your story on our podcast, yeah. So, yeah. so once again, yeah, we, you can find us on Facebook, Crystal Myth, or again, you can find us on Instagram at Crystal Myth Podcast. So please, we really want you to interact with us because... I'm very, I'm very intrigued to know what you're all about. Thanks very much for listening, everyone, especially Yaz. I have to get Yaz on at some point. She did say she was going to come on. She's got the sweetest voice. You really need to hear her. <laughs> she has a good boogeyman. We should see if we can get her on next week. Yeah, actually, that's a good idea. I'll message her and see if she wants to come on next week. So next week I'll need to record on a Sunday, though, because I, I have to work on the Saturday. So, um, yeah. Okay, well, thanks very much. And that's been Crystal Myth for this week. Bye. Bye. Crystal Myth.